magazine article about the other, Levitt, an academic economist. Adversaries in the beginning, albeit civil ones, we joined forces only when several publishers began to offer significant sums of money for a book. Remember, people respond to incentives, and despite the common perception, economists and journalists are people too. We discussed how the money should be divided. Almost immediately, we came to an impasse for each of us insisted on a 60-40 split. Upon realizing that we each thought the other guy should get 60%, we knew we'd have a good partnership. So we settled on 50-50 and got to work. We didn't feel much pressure writing that first book because we genuinely thought few people would read it. Levitt's father agreed and said it was immoral to accept even a penny up front. These low expectations liberated us to write about any and everything we found worthwhile, so we had a pretty good time. We were surprised and thrilled when the book became a hit. As profitable as it might have been to pump out a quick follow-up, think Freakonomics for Dummies or Chicken Soup for the Freakonomic Soul, we wanted to wait until we had done enough research that we couldn't help but write it all down. So here we finally are, more than four years later, with a second book that we believe is easily better than the first. Of course, it's up to you, not us, to say if that is true, or perhaps if it's as bad as some people feared our first book might be. If nothing else, our publishers have finally resigned themselves to our unyielding bad taste. When we proposed that this new book be called Super Freakonomics, they didn't even blink. If this book is any good, you have yourselves to thank as well. One of the benefits of writing books in an age of such cheap and easy communication is that authors hear directly from their readers, loudly and clearly and in great number. Good feedback is hard to come by and extremely valuable. Not only did we receive feedback on what we'd already written, but also many suggestions for future topics. Some of you who sent emails will see your thoughts reflected in this book. Thank you. The success of Freakonomics had one particularly strange byproduct. We were regularly invited, together and separately, to give lectures to all sorts of groups. Often, we were presented as the very sort of experts that in Freakonomics we warned you to watch out for, people who enjoy an informational advantage and have an incentive to exploit it. We tried our best to disabuse audiences of the notion that we are actually expert in anything. These encounters also produced material for future writings. During a lecture at UCLA, one of us, Dubner, talked about how people wash their hands after using the bathroom far less often than they admit. Afterward, a gentleman approached the podium, offered his hand, and said he was a urologist. Despite this unappetizing introduction, the urologist had a fascinating story to tell about hand-washing failures in a high-stakes setting, the hospital where he worked, and the creative incentives the hospital used to overcome these failures. You'll find that story in this book, as well as the heroic story of another long-ago doctor who also fought poor hand hygiene. At another lecture, to a group of venture capitalists, Levitt discussed some new research he was doing with Sudhir Venkatesh, the sociologist whose adventures with a crack-selling gang were featured in Freakonomics. The new research concerned the hour-by-hour -hour activities of street prostitutes in Chicago. As it happened, one of the venture capitalists, we'll call him John, had a date later that day with a $300-an-hour prostitute who goes by the name of Allie. 
When John arrived at Allie's apartment, he saw a copy of Freakonomics on her coffee table. Where'd you get that? John asked. Allie said a girlfriend of hers who was also in the business had sent it to her. Hoping to impress Allie, the male instinct to impress the female is apparently strong even when the sex is already bought and paid for. John said he'd attended a lecture that very day by one of the book's authors. As if that weren't coincidence enough, Levitt mentioned he was doing some research on prostitution. A few days later, this email landed in Levitt's inbox. I heard through a mutual acquaintance that you were working on a paper about the economics of prostitution, correct? Since I'm not really sure if this is a serious project or if my source was putting me on, I just thought I would put myself out there and let you know I would love to be of assistance. Thanks, Allie. One complication remained. Levitt had to explain to his wife and four kids that he wouldn't be home the following Saturday morning.